This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 123, Stephanie Conkle on Hypnotic Depth Discoveries. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Welcome back to the program. It's Jason Lynette here with a fantastic conversation for you to listen to, for you to interact with, for you to learn from, and also to help you to motivate you to grow your own hypnotic success. I've known Stephanie now for going on a couple of years by way of interacting online in some of my communities, as well as the HypnoThoughts Live convention, and she's definitely someone who's out there as a real hypnotic worker of the process. And you're going to hear her story in terms of... Uh, being hypnotized by her father, by learning to make use of hypnosis to overcome some personal things that she dealt with, and then that mechanism of launching her own business. So we're going to talk about topics ranging from living social and Groupon to help you to grow your business, stick through the conversation for some interesting points in terms of her career path involving horror films. And then more specifically, we're going to spend some time talking about some really cool depth discoveries she's made in a project now called Profound Somnambulism. So techniques to help you to work more effectively with clients and some really interesting insights in terms of what it takes to grow your hypnosis business. For more information on growing your hypnosis business, as always, head over to Hypnotic Business Systems. That is the entire digital access pass to my hypnosis business training library, and you can get started over there for just $47, and as well, interact over at the moment at either clearliferesults.com, or depending on when you listen to this, perhaps stephanieconkle.com, though links, details, all in the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com. Though with that, let's jump right into this content-packed session This is session number 123, Stephanie Conkle on Hypnotic Depth Discoveries. So uh, my very first introduction into hypnosis was from when I was a child. My dad was actually uh, hypnotized because he had severe insomnia. Mm -hmm. and, And it worked really well for him. He doesn't even remember this, but I, I, for some reason, I remember it. It's something that I carried with me throughout my life. And um, at that time, he was also a, a professional actor. And he, um, well, not at that time, but he had been previously. And so he wanted to act like the hypnotist, and he wanted to try to hypnotize me and my sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he did a little... Uh, a little hypnotic induction on me that he just kind of made up himself, (laughs) (laughs) but it actually worked. You know, I was probably maybe 10 or or 12 and, and I followed his commands and he thought I was acting. He thought it didn't work. But now as I look back at it, it totally worked. (laughs) (laughs) I totally believed him (laughs) or would not have obeyed his commands. Mm -hmm. So, um, (laughs) So that was my very first introduction into hypnosis. I also remember watching a PBS documentary about hypnosis around this around that age, maybe or maybe a couple of years older when I was in maybe middle school or, or high school. And um, 
and, and I don't rem- I couldn't understand what the hypnotist was saying because he was using big words like somnambulism mm-hmm. and trance. <laughs> but he he was experimenting with people to show how hypnosis worked, just to kind of show the power of of hypnotic suggestion. And there's this one woman who he hypnotized to believe that there was uh, a rope hanging down from the ceiling. And she had to put her arm up in the rope and just have her arm hanging there. And it felt to me like he was talking for hours and hours. And my arm was getting sore just watching (laughs) this woman's arm. He kept checking back in with her. Are you comfortable? Yeah, I'm still comfortable. I'm fine. So that was like, wow, that's amazing. So I think that was the first time I was ever really wowed and amazed by hypnosis. Yeah. I didn't really think about it much again until college. And in college, we had a stage hypnotist come to our school. And I was actually away from school that weekend. I had gone back home. But my boyfriend and my close friends had stayed on campus. And they had gone to this um, comedy stage hypnosis show and uh, told me all about it when I got back. (laughs) And uh, I was so amazed and blown away by what they were telling me because they were doing all these crazy things. And I thought, wow, my friends are smart, (laughs) I think, or so I thought. (laughs) I think this is officially a first where so often the story is, oh, I watched the show, but the show was so good, you got the secondhand effect. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And I just I just heard this and just started, you know, thinking in my head like, wow, there's something there's something with the brain, because if if, if they can make my friends and my boyfriend, who I knew very well, do what they said they were doing, then there's something more to this that I would really like to investigate. Okay, fast forward. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't go into hypnosis uh, or hypnotism. Uh, like, I don't think, oh, I want to be a hypnotist as my career, right? I go through college and um, I ended up getting a degree in film and video productions. Had to go at that for a while. Didn't really uh, work out as well as I thought it would. Uh, it was sort of during the same time that 9-11 had just happened. There was a hiring freeze. I did work on the set of Dawson's Creek for a little bit, but then I was unemployed. Ended up coming back to Atlanta where I'm based because there was just more job opportunities in Atlanta. And I had just gotten married, and so I started working just for a corporate, just a corporation. <laughs> and I really did not uh, believe in this company's products, what it was selling, but I was doing really well. I was making a lot of money. I kept getting promoted. I was the first person in the history of the company to ever get a ten percent raise and promote it within the first year mm. of working there. So I, I, I didn't mind the job that I was doing. I enjoyed working. But um, I didn't really believe in, in, in the product or the company or my boss. <laughs> and um, I'm one of those personalities that I, I have a hard time having somebody uh, sort of rule over me or, or tell me what to do. Because I kind of think, oh, well, I, I can see 100 ways to do this better or more efficiently. And they don't really like hearing that. <laughs> so, uh, so I knew that I didn't really I really did not like this this job that I was in. I liked the people. The work was okay. Uh, I didn't believe in the product. I thought we were ripping people off. And um, that was kind of concerning me. And I kind of knew that I wanted to go into a profession where I could help other people. um, So I'm not just helping myself. But I didn't know what that was at the time. Now, okay, so based on my salary, uh, we got a, a house and a mortgage 
and I got pregnant. <laughs> um, as soon as the baby was born, I was like, okay, that's my ticket out of here. Um, so I quit my job. Um, I was kind of the major, uh, sort of the breadwinner of the family at the time. And, um, my husband was sort of temping and, and being a barista. <laughs> so at this time we have like no money, yeah, a mortgage and a new baby. <laughs> perfect time um, to start a business. Perfect time to start a business, yeah. right? And to leave my <laughs> old business where, that, <laughs> where, where I was making good money. So I thought, you know, I'm just going to do this stay at home mom thing for a while. So maybe, you know, maybe I'm not supposed to be, a, be in business. So I tried to stay at home mom thing for a while and decided that I was really depressed. Actually did kind of fall into a depression. And now thinking back on it, I'm pretty sure I had postpartum depression that was undiagnosed. Um, But during that time, I started looking into the self-help industry, um, you know, because I wanted to sort of figure out what was going on with myself and why was I so unhappy. I wasn't unhappy with the babies. I love the I love the kids. Um, But it was just being at home, being isolated, not using my brain. Um, It was just it just fell into this slump. Uh, But I did want to have that work life balance. I did want to be able to be home for my children and still still work and be with people and use my brain, most importantly. Um, my, my own mother is a very su- successful businesswoman. She's, she's owned her own companies. She's the CEO of a, a technology company here in Atlanta. Um, and I've always admired her, but also I wanted her at home as well. Mm-hmm. So I wanted her to be like the other kids' moms. So I knew I kind of wanted to be at home for my kids too. And I, I knew I needed to find that balance. So it, it kind of was coming to a head like, okay, I need to work for myself. And, um, so I started life coaching. So it's like, I need to get out of the house and I need to work for myself. And I, I just sort of doing that part time just to add a little bit of income. Um, and, you know, really to get out of the house yeah. <laughs> and, and to talk with other adults and to help them and to help myself. And, and during this time, um, okay. So, so something else was going on at the same time. Um, I had met my husband in film school and he makes low budget horror movies on this side. Awesome. Um, and I helped produce them. <laughs> and he made a yeah, he made this low budget horror movie called Zombie. It's about a, a satanic killer zombie chicken. And <laughs> <laughs> this little thing actually made it into the International Cannes Film Festival in the south of France. And I had developed a severe fear of flying after my daughter was born. Um, had never been afraid of flying before, had actually traveled all throughout Europe, had gone backpacking through Europe with good friends when I was you know, in college. That never, you know, I had never been afraid of flying before. But as soon as uh, my oldest daughter was born, I, I would just think about getting on an airplane and I would start to hyperventilate, right? It could be like, Two weeks in the future, I would think about it. I would start hyperventilating. My palms would start sweating. There's no way I'm getting on a plane. So I avoided getting on planes as much as I could up until my husband got that opportunity um, to have his his film presented at the Cannes Film Festival. And so I knew I needed to get to that film festival, mm-hmm. not only as his wife to walk the red carpet, but also as the producer of the film. <laughs> so... Um, 
so that's when I turned to hypnosis for myself and, um, and it, I sought it for myself and it, it worked okay. I'm going to say, I'm not going to say like it, it was amazing the very first time I used it because I listened to a recording and it was enough to get me on the plane. Now, since then I've gone to a uh, you know, hypnotist in person and now my fear of flying is completely gone and um, I'm, I'm a super confident flyer. Nice. So actually, thanks to Scott Sandlin for that. Oh, cool. <laughs> and his collapsing anchors method that he showed me. Okay. Anyway, so so now I'm I'm really in, intrigued with hypnosis, and I just start reading everything that I can about it. The very first book that I read was The Hypnotic World of Paul McKenna. <laughs> <laughs> it's this crazy book with him on the cover with a big hypnotic spiral in the background, and he's looking all wild in it and everything. But it was actually a pretty informative book, and it really it, it removed my fears around hypnosis because I did have some of those fears um, being brought up in the South and religious. Um, it was sort of drilled into me that hypnosis was part of the occult. Um, I could be possessed by demons <laughs> if I got into it. Uh, this is not what God wants me to do. And and because of sort of like brainwashed as a child, I did have those fears and I knew that they were irrational. Um, but it took reading that book to really say like, okay, yeah. Hypnosis is fine, <laughs> right? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I'm not going to get possessed by a demon or whatever, right? Like, it's fine. So, um, and then um, and then I just started adding hypnosis into my life coaching business. And then pretty soon, um, it, it ceased to become a life coaching business and became solely a hypnotherapy practice. Outstanding. Yeah. So then along that way, I mean, beginning as that life coach, um, I'm curious to ask some questions around that first of all. I mean, what sure. was what was the approach in, in the modalities that you were using then before you added in the hypnosis? So it, it really was all about the other person mm -hmm. and not um, putting in my own opinions or um, what I think that the client should do. It was really a lot about listening to what they were telling me and then and then using the way I would use my words, sort of directing it back at them mm -hmm. so that they, um, you know, take, take what they already know, their own knowledge. And, um, it's kind of hard to explain, but, um, but basically using their own words back on them. Yeah. So I was sort of doing this, you know, it's almost like, uh, um, conversational hypnosis anyway, is sort of what life coaching is. So I didn't even realize I was doing that at first, but um, later on I kind of realized, oh, okay, so I'm just sort of doing like this conversational appro hypnosis approach with them um, anyways. So, but it's really about them using their own internal resources to um, better themselves. Mm -hmm. They don't, and, and, and it's almost as if you're tricking them into that, right? Or they feel like it's coming from you, but it's really coming from themselves. It's a lot of listening. Right, right. And kind of being that sounding board to let someone sort something out for themselves at times, which is yes. still absolutely viable. And the accountability partner as well. Yeah, absolutely. So then making that transition as things begin to pick up with the hypnosis, uh, what are some of the things you were doing to, uh, to make the business begin to grow? So <laughs> it was hard in the beginning. It was really, really hard. Uh, 
So one of the things that I did that actually got people in, but I didn't really um, make a lot of money for it from it was um, a living social. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a living social deal, and so um, I, I'm actually grateful for it because it was like I made just enough money to keep the overhead paid to keep my office, but I wasn't making enough to pay myself a salary. Um, but what that did for me was that it gave me a ton of people to work with and, um, you know, and kind of practice on. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and I hate to say it that way because it's like, oh, these are clients. Um, <laughs> no, really, I mean, it's one of those parts around, you know, there's some that are so anti the idea of doing the group on the living social, though, you know, still to this day in terms of getting in front of a lot of people and embracing the knowledge that some of them might not be the ideal client becomes that real proving ground of, okay, let me get in there. Let me figure this thing out. Absolutely. And what I learned from that, so, so when I had clients before them, um, before this living social deal, um, I had time to investigate um, their background or, or whatever it was that they wanted to see me for. And okay. And I had time to read through hypnosis books or protocols or, you know, <laughs> and try to just come up with the best, you know, formula for them, um, right, to really personalize it. Um, and that took a lot of time and effort. And a lot of times I didn't end up using it that and that way anyway, they had outlined it to begin with. Um, but, but once I got all of these bodies in and I just had to see them one after the other, right. Um, I didn't have time to do all this investigation work. Right. So, um, so I really had to learn how to be present, like go back to my life coaching days, be present and listen to what the client is really saying. And, work with that. And then I had to really start figuring out what is their subconscious telling me? What are they telling me at that level below awareness? Um, And it it just helped me to stay in the moment and be present. And my hypnosis uh, just became so much better as a result of that. Yeah. So the opportunity just to get in and really do a lot of work. And uh, I love the aspect of not having time to stop and think about it too. Yeah. And I had to trust my own subconscious mind to come up with um, the, the, the particular protocol to use or the right words to say in the right way at the exact right timing that the client needed, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then after the living social, uh, what else? What else in terms of getting the business to really begin to grow? So I really think, and then with the living social too, I was getting a lot of testimonials right. and then I was getting a lot of word of mouth business. So I think it was a combination of the word of mouth and then my website, Um so most of my clients find me online, my website, I got my website really SEO'd really well. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, it's kind of going through a transition right now. I'm building a, a brand new website. Um, but I think it was just the combination of, of just being good, just being good yeah. at what you do. And then other people will come to you. You know, um, I just, just um, a couple of days ago, I had a client who came to me because he met someone on a golf course. You know, who, who, who referred me to him. He didn't even know who this guy was. He just met him on the golf course for the first time. He couldn't even tell me his name. <laughs> it was like, oh, I would really like to send him a thank you note, but you know, I don't know who this guy was. But I think that's pretty cool that, um, that it, it's gotten to that level now and it's just taking some time to get there, but, yeah. um, but, but, but it got there. So I'm happy about that. 
So a question I love to ask is someone is coming into your office and what is that user experience? What is it that's unique about your approach in working with them, would you say? About my approach as opposed to like another hypnotherapist or... From whatever uh, perspective that question makes sense to you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, really getting into rapport with them. I mean, I can't say enough about that and about Mm -hmm. the pre-talk because I think if you do an excellent pre-talk, they're hypnotized if you give them a really good pre-talk and the rest of it is just pageantry, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It can be, or, or it's just reinforcing what you said in the pre-talk. So I think it's really, uh, I make them feel comfortable. I, I remove their fears and I set their expectations, um, which is what everybody should be doing. (laughs) (laughs) um, But yeah, it's just really getting on that personal level. I'd let them talk about, themselves. Um, I know that there's some, some hypnotists don't want to hear all of their background information. Um, but you know, sometimes they just have to, they, they, they feel like they need to talk to you. They feel like, you know, even though you're not a traditional therapist in that sense, like a talk therapist, um, they want to talk and I let them and I'll listen to them and I'll, and I'll hear what they're saying. Uh, and then more importantly than even hearing what they're saying, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, I'll, the deeper uh, meaning of what they're saying or um, what phrases they're using, right? What kind of modality I think they are, um, depending on what sort of phrases they use. I'm looking at their body language, their eye movement, all of that kind of stuff. So I'm getting a lot of information from that pre-talk. And and a lot of times, um, our reactions will happen naturally in the pre-talk. And that's the perfect time just to jump right in and start doing the hypnotic work, right? Yeah, absolutely. What I what I love about that is that it's that mindset of working with intention rather than by accident, that some would have the expectation that we're doing these things in terms of the conversation, the interaction around it, just to gather the information. But it's so much more at that deeper level of, you know, here are the words, here's their representational systems, here are things we can use inside of that process. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what I wanted to reach out to you to chat with you about is I'm not sure exactly the phrasing, whether it's the invention or the discovery or somewhere in between, (laughs) uh, but this project involving profound somnambulism. Yes, I'm very excited about this. Um, Yeah, discovery, I guess, not not really invention because it's always been there, but it it, it is a a discovery. Um, I knew that profound somnambulism existed. In some of the, the the hypnosis books that I had read from, you know, the dead hypnotists from way back when, I knew that they were able to talk directly to the subconscious mind and the subconscious would talk back to the hypnotist using the client's voice. Um, and that was a level that I was trying to get to for myself. And I, and there was really no you don't there's no school where you can learn this, how to do this, or at least not that I know of. Maybe there is, but I don't know where. I don't know who's teaching it. Mm -hmm. And so I spent about two years trying to figure this process out, how to do this. Um, So now um, with with, uh, QHHT, with Dolores Cannon, she does uh, past life regression, or she did. um, She's passed sense, but she did a past life regression where um, through this past life regression, she was able to communicate with the uh, subconscious and have the subconscious talk back to her, but she would take people through past lives. 
She would take them through their death experience where they would revivify the death experience and then she could talk to the subconscious. And I thought, you know what, there's, there's gotta be a better way of doing this. (laughs) (laughs) And plus I live in Georgia. Um, most of my clients are not coming to me for past life regression. So I would like to be able to figure out how, uh, I can get, or how I can talk to the subconscious without having to, um, take them through past lives and revivify death scenes and all of that kind of stuff. So I just started experimenting and, um, and, and, you know, um, there, there had been times in the past where I knew that I was talking to the pure subconscious mind. I knew it was talking back to me, but I didn't know how I got there. Yeah. It was just sort of happened on accident. Um, sometimes it happened through parts therapy. Um, and other times, you know, it just happened because the, the client just spontaneously started talking to me. Um, but but I knew that there had to be some kind of method or protocol that I guess you could say that I did invent the protocol, if you want to say it that way. Um, so I figured it out. And well, if I can, if I can I, rephrase that, perhaps you found you found it was happening, then you unpacked a way to make it happen on purpose. That's a much better description. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so what, what I love about this, uh, about profound som- somnambulism is that um, – not only do you get the client into a very, very deep state of trance, you're not getting them into the Esdale state. Um, so they can move around, they can talk. Uh, you know, they, they don't have full body catalepsy. Mm-hmm. They're actually talking to you. And sometimes they're talking in their own voice, and sometimes the voice sounds a little different. It's different for everybody, just like anything. But what I lo- the beauty of this is that you don't have to use idiomotor responses. Um, you don't have to play 20 questions yeah. with the client and hope that you're you're getting the right answers. The subconscious is actually talking back to you. Um, you know for sure that it is the subconscious talking to you. There's definite ways that you can tell and uh, in, in, pretty, in pretty cool ways, too. And then you're getting more information, information that you w- would never have gotten just from using the, the IMRs. Yeah, yeah. So then someone going through that experience, what are some of the stories that have that have come out of using this? So when you get the client into profound somnambulism, um, nine out of 10 times, they're actually going to wake up with amnesia. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give them the I don't give them the commands for amnesia. It's just a natural phenomenon that cur- occurs when they go so deeply. Um, so a lot of times they don't remember it, but they're, um, but they're, but I do record it. I record every session just in case, um, in, in case they want to have a conscious understanding, uh, of, of, of what went on during the session. But, um, but they, but they wake up feeling great. Um, it's actually pretty amazing because some really cool things happen in profound somnambulism that just don't happen in the lighter stages of trance like spontaneous healings for one thing yeah um that's the most uh i think that's the most awesome thing to me let's let's (laughs) chat about that because that's a that's a theme that i'm i'm fascinated by myself that yes we can do work and then here's this series of techniques to facilitate this change and yet here are these other moments where just simply achieving the state is getting the work done Mm -hmm. yeah is there a story that stands out in terms of that that type of thing happening and when I say spontaneous healing, I'm asking the subconscious to actually scan the client's body mm-hmm. and show me any areas that needs to be uh, healed, restored, or repaired. 
And it will look at, and when I'm talking to the subconscious, it's like I'm talking to a separate person. And, and actually when, uh, when I walk into the room, I even tell the client, um, and I know I've heard this from somebody else. I can't remember. I'd like to, to give credit where credit is due, but there's four people in the room. It's not two people, myself and my subconscious and the client and their subconscious. And I, and I treat it that way. And I treat it like it's, there's four separate entities in the room. Um, so when I'm talking to the subconscious, it's almost as if I'm talking to a separate entity outside of the client, even though it is a part of the client. But um, the subconscious will talk about the client in third person. That's part of, uh, of how you know that you've, you are actually talking purely to the subconscious because um, they will use the third person and not the first person point of view. So, um, so I'll say, you know, um, could you please do uh, a scan of Jason? And just um, show me any area or just come to any the first area that you come to that needs uh, healing or restoration or repair. Could you please just let me know when you've come to that and then it will let me know. Okay, yes, I'm there. Okay, thank you. And I always always send lots of things. Okay, what do you see? And then it'll tell me what it sees. Um, uh, You know, Jason's um, arteries are clogged and um, and or whatever. Okay, there this or this lady has a lump in her breast, her mm-hmm. left breast, and it's this big and it looks like this. Okay, great. Well, thank you for finding that. Um, would you mind going ahead and just taking that, just healing that or taking that out of him? Um, sure. You know, it'll say yes. <laughs> it'll say sometimes, sometimes I'll ask it. It'll say, well, actually, let me back up because I always ask, um, is this illness okay or whatever it is is this illness serving a purpose to the client and it's usually no Hmm. and if it's not serving a purpose great then can we remove it and then it'll say yes okay great so am i able to talk to you as you're working on the client and it'll say yes i'll say okay great thank you well go ahead and, and do the work on the client and just let me know when it's been done and um so you just sit there and you wait or you can say hey what are you doing to heal this client? <laughs> um, and it'll tell you what it's doing. It'll give you all kinds of metaphors. A lot of times it'll use the metaphor of the white healing light. Oh, I'm just aiming the white healing light um, at this lump and it's breaking it up and, um, and eviscerating it. It's like, okay, great. Well, thank you. <laughs> so, nice. you know, I'm always sending it thanks and gratitude. And um, so I've had, had some pretty amazing amazing things like that happen in the chair. Um, and then they uh, have them go to the doctor, get it checked out, make sure that, that, that this, that you did get this healing. Um, and they don't remember this part of it at all. So they have to go back and listen mm-hmm. to the tape, but, um, it's pretty amazing stuff. Yeah. So let's rewind for a moment to, uh, just that state of how, how would you delineate the difference between, uh, if we want to label it uh, standard everyday somnambulism and then profound somnambulism. Yeah, <laughs> that's always the question, right? <laughs> <laughs> how, how deep are they? And yeah, I do use the metaphor of depth. And I know that some people have a problem with that. And I think Milton Erickson called it breadth of trance and not depth of trance. And it's really just testing is just deepening it's Mm -hmm. a lot of deepening and a lot of testing 
Deepen and test it. Yeah. Deepen and test it. Standard and testing it, that most of us would be familiar it's with. It's the standard testing. It's the standard testing. Um, and even getting them into hypnotic trance, uh, you know, you just kind of start off with, uh, I'm not going to give away all my secrets because I would like for you to take the <laughs> class, but you do start off in the traditional way. Uh, but then there's some very specific um, steps with the protocol to get them into the deeper levels of somnambulism. And it really is testing. And then when you when you hear the the voice of the subconscious, you will know that it is the subconscious and not just like the client kind of making it up. And it's, and it's a little bit different than parts therapy, too, because I kind of and I love parts therapy. And I want to give a shout out to Roy Hunter. And I think that everybody should take his parts therapy class, because that's it's, it's very helpful um, protocol to have in your toolbox. But when I'm working with parts, I kind of feel like the client is still uh, consciously aware of the part. When you're working with the pure subconscious, the client is completely out of the way. Um, sometimes asleep and sometimes daydreaming. And I'll just ask the subconscious, is the client uh, asleep, daydreaming, or completely out of the way. And it'll tell me. It'll usually say, oh, he's dreaming. Or he's awake, but he's he's in a chair on the other side of the room or whatever. What intrigues me about that is that uh, in, in training a class, you know, we'll introduce the, the depth scale and talk about the different models and then usually come back to the Aaron's depth scale just because it tends to be one of the most workable ones. Mm-hmm. And to even get into the language of, yeah, but inside of this level – you know, there's even decimal points, there's segments inside of it. We had in that demo more of an aphasic style amnesia, we had more of an analgesic style um, anesthesia, or mm. we were dipping our toes <laughs> into, hairs. yeah, we were dipping our toes into negative hallucination, yet then we moved back to positive and aiming for those, uh, those deeper states. But yeah, you're right in terms of not just the uh, Roy Hunter, Charles Tebbets model of parts, but any style of work where there is some form of interaction, you know, if we even want to talk about age regression, yes, in one school of thought, getting to full-blown revivification as if you're there, yet, let's be honest, we can still be effective with a, quote, remembering style regression. Absolutely. Because then it, my, my core of it is it's getting the client to the place where they're doing the work for themselves. Absolutely. But to have the better states, to have the deeper states, always, always a bonus, always a plus. And I I think we can do fantastic work in the light states of trance. And we can do fantastic work. We can do fantastic work conversationally. Right, conversationally with NLP. Um, We can do really great work. I just like going to those deep levels to make sure that we really got everything. Like I like it as a confirmation because a lot mm-hmm. of times I'll still work in the lighter state of trance for the majority of the change work. But then I'll just take them into profound somnambulism just so I can get the confirmation from the subconscious that we did all the work that we ne- we needed to do. Or if there's something that was missing, the subconscious will tell you what's missing, <laughs> what mm-hmm. else needs to be done. So it's kind of making me not have to actually work so hard, not have to do a lot of guesswork anymore. I mean, that re- it really takes all of the guesswork out of it for me, which is really nice. So are there any um, stories of other practitioners now making use of this and uh, having some interesting results? Yeah, yeah, definitely there is. Um, oh, Dan, what's your last name? Dan Perez? 
Thank you, Dan yeah. Perez. <laughs> Dan Perez. Former has, guest on the program as well. <laughs> yes. Hi, hi, Dan. Forgive me um, for forgetting your last name there. Just had a moment. Um, yes, Dan Perez, who, who's awesome and amazing, a wonderful hypnotherapist himself. And he has been making fantastic use of it. He was really my first student who really got in there and jumped in with both feet and just went for it. And he's been having really fantastic results with it. Outstanding. And uh, so where is it that people can learn more about profound somnambulism? Okay, so you can learn more about it at my, uh, I have a Facebook group, it's called Profound Somnambulism and Beyond. Now, um, you do have to be a professional hypnotherapist to join the group because I, I want, I don't want just kind of like anybody being able to mm. use this. I want you to have had some experience being a hypnotherapist. Um, before you use this protocol, just because um, when you when you start working with the deepest levels of trance, very strange things can happen in that state. And I want you to already know, already have those skills to know how to handle anything that could come up. So that's why um, you know only qualified um, hypnotherapists well, also are the kind of allowed in. It also allows the conversations to be more on point as opposed to the. They open their eyes during the induction. What do I do? Well, that's kind of more that should have been covered in your basic <laughs> Absolutely right. Yeah. This I flashed is definitely back to more... a business project I was doing where we were talking about optimizing your website and the calls coming in were, yeah, I've got someone coming for stuttering. It's like, that's not <laughs> what like, we're teaching. You're in the wrong form there, right? <laughs> exactly. So you can find out more information there. You could go to my website, which currently it's clearliferesults.com as of today, but, uh, within the next, I'm um, before hypno thoughts, I'm hoping that my new website, which will be stephanieconkle.com will be live and active and ready to go. So, so you could try either one of those or just that Facebook group. And speaking of which we are, uh, releasing, uh, the first week of August, you've got a couple of presentations at hypno thoughts, right? I do, I do. Which whether um, you can attend there live, all the recordings are also made available for purchase too. So if you're listening to this in March 2019, this is still current. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, I'm doing a class with Kaz Riley. Um, we're doing a double induction class, um, which I think will be really awesome. So please come out for that if you can. And then um, and I, I don't. I don't know what date or time. You'll just have to look at that app to figure out. And then I'm also doing a class on um, pre-talks as well. And the pre-talk one is bringing a little bit of technology into the pre-talk, right? It is. It's using uh, a PowerPoint presentation with your pre-talk, which is brilliant for the days when you're just kind of feeling tired yourself and you want to make sure that you hit all of the points, right? not forget because if you if you have a weak pre-talk it's it's just going to make your hypnosis so much harder right uh, but if you have a strong pre-talk then then that really sets you up for a good session so by uh, making your your pre-talk into a powerpoint it just keeps you on point plus it gives the clients that visual representation plus i've got some sub subliminal less uh, messaging uh, all throughout mine as well <laughs> so it just kind of helps get them into the right state before i start the formal induction on them yeah so w what would you say if you had to answer this question of what's missing for most hypnotists pre-talk 
I don't really know what most hypnotists right, do yeah. with their pre-talk, but it's probably just really just not it's taking the time to set it up, like set it up, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, you want to stack the stack the deck in your favor. So the the right the first principles of of hypnosis is to remove fear and set expectations. Okay, so that's what I'm doing in my pre-talk. The whole pre-talk, I'm removing fear. I'm setting expectations, and I'm even fractionating them during this time. So I'm just kind of gently getting them into the state that I want them to be so that at the end, plus I'm dimming the lights, (laughs) right, so they can kind of see the presentation. But So by the end of the presentation, um, I've already got them. I've already got them in a good um, level of trance before I even start my, you know, quote-unquote formal hypnosis on them well i mean that kind of goes back to our conversation about the intake the interview process that not to look at it as just a quote information gathering phase that you know the flaw of some nlp thinking would be oh i'm strictly in the in the meta model right now gathering information and then then later i'm going to have them close their eyes and then we're going to go melting on them but we are working the entire time we are always moving towards that change process absolutely so, so what else is, uh, is going on? What's the, what's the next step for you? Uh, so the next step, I'm just getting into some more, um, online marketing mm-hmm. and developing products right now. I'm working with Telman Knudsen nice. and others. <laughs> um, so it's just, um, kind of getting more of my work out there more. And I'm also, um, Working with Michael Watson as well, I just took a class of his and he teaching you how to be an online hypnotist so you can do more work from home um, and you can see more people throughout the world, really, if you can really get yourself set up or get your practice set up for uh, for an online type of business. So I'd like to do more of that. Um, I'll still have my office, of course, but I would like to be able to expand my business and reach more people. Jason Lynette here once again. And as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program. Thank you for sharing it online, leaving your feedback over on iTunes. And once again, thank you, Stephanie, for joining me on the program. Head over to her website, clearliferesults.com or stephanieconkle.com to get all the details about her Atlanta-based practice, uh, or at least Georgia area practice, as well as profound somnambulism. And once again, head over to Hypnotic Business systems.com. That is the entire digital all-access pass to my hypnosis business training library. It's not just showing you what to do. It's also giving you what to do because inside of Hypnotic Business Systems, I also give you a done-for-you marketing campaign that you can plug directly into your own website with my permission and start using as a mechanism to help you to get more clients, grow your business, and make it rain, as we all like to say. That's hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. It's Jason Lynette here signing off. I look forward to hanging out with you soon. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com.